0: So the 23rd Psalm is one of the most best-loved and well-known psalms that there are. Have, have any, have any, are any of you familiar with Psalm 23? You don't even have to be a church-goer, right, to have to have heard and to have this song impact. And David wrote these words over 3,000 years ago. Good job, David. He yeah. does <laughs> <laughs> good for his age, there's no doubt. Uh, these, these verses have brought untold uh, peace and comfort to literally millions of people over the many years. The thing is that uh, they're actually as important for us today, as they ever were. And so we're going to spend some time over the next three weeks looking at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the of my angels. You anoint my head with oil, my cup full Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life when I was well in the house of the Lord. Forever. This is the word of God for all people. you. Right. So have you ever stepped back and thought what draws me to this? What draws me to this psalm? Is it the imagery? Because it's really rich imagery. When you start to slow down and, and, and we're going to do that over the next few weeks, we're going to slow it down and, and take a look at what this song gives us in, in imagery and in, in meaning. But I really think that it's more than that. I think we're created to have this this hole. We have this hole within us that only God can fill. In other words, we're in need of a shepherd. And this song draws us into that. Y'all need somebody to help us through this this thing called life. It's not the the, the rule book or the handbook uh, that we use, it's this one, but even it doesn't tell us what to do in every single circumstance, right? it give it to God. In Matthew, Jesus said this, when Jesus saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. And that image is important for us today because a lot of us have let go of God. We're moving away from from an understanding of God and we're out in the world and we don't always have a purpose or a direction in our lives. Psalm 23 reminds us that not only do we have God, we have a God who stands ready to be our leader, to be our shepherd, if we're willing to let Him if we're willing to legend. of well, the beauty of Christianity is that God is not a distant God. It's not like God is on top of a mountain, right? And We all we have to climb and scratch and claw and, and make our way up to the top of the mountain. A lot of other religions, that's the way that it is. You earn your way and you have to do the right things, and, and if you can make your way up, and maybe you'll get to the place where God is or the place where enlightenment is or, or whatever that is. You know what our God did from the top of the mountain? He came down to us. <coughs> he came down to us. He doesn't make us scratch and claw and go up to him. He came to us. It's one of the biggest differences between Christianity and the major religions in the world. It's not about our your way. Jesus paid a In this psalm, David, who was himself a shepherd, describes the Lord as his own personal shepherd. See, God's not, that this is God for us. God wants to be involved in our lives, close to us. He cares for us as a shepherd cares for his sheep. It's imagery and, and, and analogy that you see from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. This idea of being a shepherd who God is as our shepherd. So today we're going to look at verses 1 through 3, the shepherd on the path. Next week we're going to look at verse 4, the shepherd in the valley, and in two weeks we're going to look at verses 5 and 6, the shepherd at home. But today is the shepherd on the path, so let's take a look at the shepherd who guides us on the pathway of life. And the first thing to do is to look at the identity of the shepherd. What is the identity of the shepherd? Who is this Who is this God who, who also work, is, lives as our shepherd? Well, the first part aspect of his identity is the Lord is the shepherd of Israel. He was the shepherd of Israel. David identifies him as Lord. And, and we talked some about the names of God and when we were looking at the Lord's Prayer. And if you look at your Bible, you may see, you will see, in most of the, of the translations, but the word Lord when it's capitalized. You know, that means that it's denoting an aspect or name of God. And in this place, what it is, is it's Yahweh, what we also call Jehovah. So so in, in the song, the word that David uses is Yahweh. That's God's personal name, His covenant name. It's the name He revealed to Moses at the burning is the one that means I am that I am, or I will be who I will be. This is the God that David is talking about in Psalm 23. He's the Lord, he's Yahweh, the Creator God, the one true and living God, who makes and keeps his covenant with his people. This is the God that David identifies. But God's called a shepherd, shepherd elsewhere in scripture too. As early as Genesis 49, 24, he's called the shepherd, the rock of Israel. And you see through Exodus and Deuteronomy that this God of, of Moses led his people through the wilderness to the promised land as the shepherd leads his sheep. So the first part of his identity is the Lord is the shepherd of Israel, but it doesn't end there. He's also the Lord as the Messiah as the shepherd to come. And we're still in the Old Testament talking about the Messiah who is, who is, who is going to come. The Old Testament prophecies all tell us that Yahweh was not, not just a shepherd, but that he would also, for Israel, that he also come as a shepherd for his people. In Isaiah chapter 40 says, See, the Sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have done That's 40, 10 through 11. I think. But Ezekiel also has something to say. He says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be prince among them. I have the Lord has spoken. That's Ezekiel 34, 23-24. So these prophecies are recognized now as, as pointing to the Messiah to come, that, that there was going to be a day when the Messiah would come to redeem Israel, to take, to, to rule over and take care of God's people. And the Messiah did come. We recognize that. We recognize Jesus as the good shepherd. John 10 through 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Now that was a different presentation of the idea of shepherd. A shepherd in the field would understand that because he would have to defend the sheep from wild animals and that kind of thing. So our shepherd, Jesus, the good shepherd, was willing to lay down his life to defend us from the enemy, to defend us from an eternity away from God. To allow us to be a part of his people jesus grabs hold of this this imagery from the old testament and brings it to us in the new testament i am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep so who is the good shepherd what's his identity He's the lord he's Yahweh. jesus but it doesn't end there this is the next aspect of what we're going to talk about of this psalm is, is an amazing thing. You see, we get to have a personal relationship with the shepherd. Think about that for a minute. The one who created everything. Everything. Awesome and powerful. He wants to have a personal relationship with us. It's amazing that God would, the word that's often used is condescend, because He lowers Himself from the place of exaltation of Almighty God, and He became one of us in Jesus. And that's, that's an amazing thing. But there's a word that David uses, and it's not a big word, but it's a powerful word for us. The Lord is my shepherd. It's not that the Lord is this shepherd out there and he's your shepherd or he's the galaxy shepherd. The Lord is my two letters that change everything, right? Because it's not some distant God. This is a, a God who wants to be my shepherd. That's how he wants to know you. And that's how he wants to know me. He wants to be my shepherd. He wants to be so close to me that he knows all about me. He wants to know you, Sam. All that there is to know and love you every day of your life. The Lord is my shepherd. You can have a personal relationship with God as your shepherd. And he knows His sheep intimately. See, think about a shepherd. Is he going to know where his sheep are up Out there in that field every day. All day long. He's going to know which ones are weak. He's going to know which ones are strong. He's going to know their habits. i got to keep an eye on that one because he seems to go off over here. That one I can track. to we are. But he even goes beyond that. See, he was there when the sheep was born. He's there when it was ill. He's there when it wandered away. And, he, and he's there to bring it back. Jesus said, I will leave the 99 to go get the one to this trade. That's how much. Loves us. If we dress, he doesn't just go and sit with us. He says, Come here, come back, come back. And not to be by yourself, but to be with all of the sheep together. That's what, that's what we do on Sunday mornings when we come together as a church, it's all of us coming together to celebrate to pray to be uh, who God has called us to be in community Jesus said I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father that's John ten fourteen 14 15 think about that how close are Jesus and the father Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me just as I know the Father, and the Father knows me. He wants to know us and be a part of our life in ways that we sometimes have a hard time allowing Him to be. He wants into every aspect. The little stuff. Not just the big stuff. If you're like me, it's easy to go to God when something goes haywire, right? Yeah, I've got, uh oh, something happens, I gotta, I gotta go, you know, write about that. But the little, the little things, surely God's not interested in, you know, the little stuff that I, everyday kind of mundane stuff, right? He doesn't care what I wear, he doesn't care about the little, you know. Apparently, he wants it all. He wants to be as close to us as he and his father are close, that they are one. It's The deepest, most intimate relationship imaginable. They are one. There's not just the, the, sh- the shepherd and the sheep, See, the, the sheep and the shepherd. It's not a one-way relationship. Jesus also said, after he said, I know my sheep and my sheep know me, he said, the sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. The sheep follow him because they know his voice. The Lord's not simply a shepherd. He's my shepherd. My shepherd. Oh, man, that's who God is. He's my shepherd. I know him. He knows me. The Christianity is not about a set of rules and regulations. Like, there's a lot in here that, that looks like it's all Jews and don'ts and stuff. It's not. It's about relationship with God. It's about being as close to God as possible. And I'm, as, as a human being, my tendency is to want to take some of the list, especially what Paul wrote about the do's and the don'ts, and this person will inherit the kingdom, and this person won't. And I made those into this list. And, I, and it's like, okay, if I follow all this stuff, I'm going to be okay. And if I avoid this stuff, I'm going to be okay. And you know what Paul said about the law? It binds us and it restricts us. The Spirit sets us free. And what that means is that when we follow God, when we let God's Spirit lead us, we will naturally follow the things that we're supposed to do. It doesn't matter what we do. Yes, it matters what we do, but when we're focused on, it's, I'm a recovering drug addict and alcoholic. You know how much time I, think of, I spend thinking about addiction? None. Very little. It may pop in my head at once in a while. You know how much time I spend focused on recovery? A lot. What are the things that I need to do in order to stay clean and sober? In my life today, and that's helped me understand doing a lot of those things. People who struggle with addiction are more, most often focused on the addiction. They're focused on on, on falling just exactly as you know, the rules and that kind of stuff. People who recover learn that okay, I can't that wins. I don't need to be there. But recovery is about okay. I need to be, I need to develop a relationship with God. I need to be in prayer. I need to go to support meetings and do the things that helped me to grow spiritually. And that's what this is about. Yes, we can turn this into, into a, a book of, of rules and regulations, not meant to be, but we can do that. Or we can read it and look for God and, and who he is and the, the relationship he wants to have with us. Should we read scripture? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Should we read a lot? Yes, we study, we study. It gives us the character of God. It gives us so much that we need in our day-to-day walk as Christians. We need scripture. It's to, it's to edify us, to teach us, to reveal to us that God of ours. And it's to encourage one another. You know what it's not for? <laughs> not to smack people. And you know, I've said this before. That was my history. You know, was to take off. I'll show you. The Word of God says, therefore, you're wrong. And I'm like, (laughs) We need scriptures to help us in our day-to-day journey, but it's to encourage others, to allow God to fill us and to teach us and to lead us. It's not to hit people over the head with it or to use against other people, is to help others lovingly correct and guide and help. He's my shepherd. He's also my provider. He provides all our needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be at want. And the truth of this is is difficult for me because what it says and what it means is that the Lord is my shepherd. If I let God be my shepherd, I'm not gonna be in want. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm not gonna want stuff, but the things that I need, God provides. And the one thing that's most important is the relationship with God. That's the one thing that's necessary. If I get that right, even if I die here, it's okay. It's okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in one. So if I have him as my shepherd, then I don't lack anything. Give me Jesus, and I'll be satisfied. So much more. So much more. He's a provider. He promises to provide for all our needs. And and verses two and three illustrate that for us. He makes me lie down and green pastures. He leads me beside quiet or still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. See, he provides for our physical needs. First thing that is up in that passage is illustrated for us by green pastures. And we may be going, wait a minute, green pastures? I don't eat grass. let me talk about sheep. So put on your sheep hat. How's that green pasture looking now? It's not brown pasture. It's a green pasture. It's a beautiful pasture. You get to go to this, this awesome place and... And the sun. I see the, in my head. I see the sun shining. The grass is luscious and it's green. It's full of nu, nu, it's nutritious. It's full of life and beauty. That's my green pasture. And I get to lie down in it. And the word that's used to lie down literally means to stretch yourself out. So not only do I get to go to this green pasture and and eat as much as I want, I get to stretch myself out in this green pasture. Relax. God provides for us. It's a beautiful picture. And God wants to make your life and my life a thing of beauty. Jesus meets our needs. And he makes it possible for us to lie down in green pastures. And he also provides rest and peace for us. Our world is going really, 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 really fast. It takes away margin. You know where relationships fit in our life? In the margins, in, in the space that we are able to create, and the world wants to make us go so fast we don't have any margin. That Jesus wants to lead us besides quiet waters or still waters of us. Yes, no, exactly. that Either way, it's a place of quietness and a place of rest. Jesus offers us a better way. Maybe you're like me and you like to go up in the mountains. And you go up in the mountains and you're, there's a stream. Picture, picture this in your mind. There's a stream and it, it's high water season when spring runs off and, and there's lots of boulders and the Water's rushing down, and it, and you're walking alongside this stream. There's trees on, on over here, and you come, and there's this massive rock, and you go to that rock, and you climb up on it, you dangle your feet over, and just down below is a pool of water, and all of that rushing and rumbling of the stream is now that. at the sky and lean back on that rock and you go. Man, down. do that for us. He wants to give us that place of peace, that place of rest. There's nothing in there. We're human beings. Anybody in there not the human beings? My famous thing is, you know, we're never going to rise above human beings. You're going to make mistakes. It's the best we're going to do. This is it. So we're all going to have those moments where, where we fall. David in this song points out to us that our shepherd provides correction and renewal in those moments. He restores my soul. The word for restore means refresh and renew. Because we all fall down at times, but but whenever we fall, please know that Jesus doesn't abandon you, He didn't go anywhere. Remember, he goes after the one and leaves the 99. So when we fall, don't let your head or the enemy or the world convince you that you're you're out there on your own. I think that's one of those lies from the enemy. It's like no one's going to understand and no no one's going to love me anymore. All of that stuff. Jesus didn't go anywhere. He doesn't abandon you. He doesn't leave you there. He comes so that He can restore you. He restores my soul. He renews my soul. So if you follow in sin, He's going to discipline and correct you. You know, if you feel feeling conviction and guilt, good. That's a good thing. That says, hey, <laughs> come here you're over there, this is where you're supposed to be. Guilt's a good thing. If you're feeling condemnation and shame, that's not from God. And the way to look at that is this. Is if you make a mistake, that's guilt and conviction, then you're going to feel, feel those things as God tries to bring you back. But if you think that you are a mistake, that is not from God. And that's where condemnation comes from. It's, it's not that I made a mistake. It's that I am a mistake. Condemnation is straight out of yeah. hell. And, and too many of us spend too much of our time allowing the enemy or our past or some voice from our past rule in our head that keep us down. God wants to restore you and renew you. Not to condemn you but to correct and bring you back to the path. Now, King David knew a little bit about needing to be restored and renewed. He sinned every so often. He, he probably messed up and he turned to rule this morning. He, he probably messed We were trying to think. okay, who messed up more than David? And that's hard to say. So he knew he needed restoration. So he prayed, creating me a pure heart, O oh God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Psalm 51. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, O Lord. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And renew thy spirit within me. 51. It's a beautiful prayer of repentance. So it's a comfort to know that when when we fall and we can't seem to get back up, Jesus is a good shepherd who comes looking for us, to restore us, to renew us, to bring us back to Him. He provides guidance for our life as well. And God is being passed with righteousness for His name's sake. See, sheep aren't very smart. I, I don't, uh, you know. Uh, that part of God continuing to use this, is, I take a little personal every once in a while. You know, I'm a sheep. But I mean, you know, watch sheep. They ain't very smart. You know, they'll subjugate themselves and they're constantly they're not very not very bright. And and that's what I am. I'm a sheep. So they're pretty much helpless when it comes to finding their own way. They're notorious for going off and and getting along and going the wrong way. But you know, many times. Left to themselves, they'd never find this green pasture in these quiet waters, too busy up on the rocks. But we're the same way. We need God's guidance. We need Him to help us so that we would follow Him. Because there are a lot of wrong paths out there. There's a lot of paths that want to take us away from the love and grace that God extends to us and and focus us on things that damage us or damage the people in our lives. We all need somebody to show us the right way to go. We all need somebody. Jesus is that good shepherd who will show us if we're willing to let him. So the message from these first three verses, the Lord provides for you as the shepherd provides for his sheep, provides for your physical needs, he provides rest, he provides peace, provides correction, renewal when you fall. Most of all he provides guidance for our life. So I want to close today with two questions. Hopefully you'll take some time, and maybe at lunch, think about these things and talk amongst those who have lunch with you. The first who is your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Who is it that's guiding you through life? Who are you following? Philip Calderon wrote a book, or he is a shepherd, he wrote a book about it. He, Shared about the man who shepherded the fields next to him. The man was not a good shepherd. He didn't take care of the sheep. He didn't treat their illnesses. He didn't provide a good pasture for them. And Keller shared how the neighbor's sheep would look longingly through the fence at the good pastures that his sheep were in, well then he cared for them. You see, the well-being of the sheep depends a lot on the shepherd. Who's your shepherd? What kind of pasture are they providing for you? the other question is, where is your pasture? Where is your pasture? Where have you been feeding lately? Perhaps Jesus is your shepherd, but you wandering from the flock. Maybe it's been a long time since you've done green pastures or quiet waters. You're a lost sheep, and you need to be restored. So know that Jesus loves you. And he comes to you. He will restore you. Where is your pastor? Nothing. Another way to look at this question is, what are you feeding yourself? What is it that you're taking in? What movies do you watch? What books do you read? Are you feeding your soul? are you damaging yourself? It's a beautiful message in this song. You're not left alone to send um, for yourself. You have a shepherd who loves you, who cares for you, who watches over you at all times. Jesus is that good shepherd, or at least he wants to be that heavy.